0: This is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I'm your host, Davey Crockett. Thanks. Thanks for coming. This is episode 58, part 5 of the 100-Miler History Series. In this episode, I will share the stories of the 100-Milers held in England during the early 1900s, in particular the London to Brighton and back race. Yes, jolly old London. This is the second birthday of the Ultra Running History Podcast. Yes, two years. It has now passed one million listens, reads, or watches on YouTube from people in nearly every country in the world. Wow. Subscribe today so you do not miss any of the episodes. Will do. Most podcasts do not last for more than seven episodes and only get a few hundred listeners. One million is mind-boggling. It all costs quite a bit of time and money to keep going. If you are a fan, consider going to ultrarunninghistory.com and making a contribution for a birthday present. It will help with the further research. Here comes the money! Here we go, money talks! Now to the story. A hundred miles.
1: A hundred miles, a hundred miles, a hundred miles, you can hear the whistle blow. A hundred miles.
0: For at least 150 years, running or walking 100 miles within 24 hours has been an impressive feat sought after by thousands. Part 4 of this 100-miler series covered the history of the 100-mile races held in America in the early 1900s before World War I. But during this period, there were 100-mile races held in other places around the world, especially in England. During the early 1900s, a remarkable shift occurred. In the late 1800s, America was the home for ultra-distance walking competitions, but as pedestrian competitions fell out of favor and outlawed in the US, ultra-walking ceased for a time. The shift went back to the old country, and 100-mile amateur walking competitions eventually became very popular in England. More than 100 years ago, there were a few venues and courses that had a significant impact on the history of ultra-running, 100-mile races, and endurance sports in general. These included Madison Square Garden in New York City, Agricultural Hall in London, and above them all, the London to Brighton Route, 52-plus miles in England. For many decades, whether on foot, on bike, or on horse, or in automobiles, the road to Brighton was the place to race, including 100 miles on foot. Eventually, many ultra-running legends would compete on the Brighton Road, including Don Ritchie, Ted Corbett, Sandy Kitty, Park Barner, Stu Middleman, Jim King, and many others.
1: 7 a.m. on a chilly autumn morning. Ideal conditions for the 66 runners who chose to spend their Sunday pounding a path between the capital and Brighton. A mere 52 and a half miles down the road.
0: London to Brighton was traditionally a one-way race of 52 to 55 miles, but in the first half of the 20th century, it was also used to compete 100 miles by walking or running a double London to Brighton.
1: Seems like only yesterday Under the stars on Brighton Beach
0: In the mid-1800s, the seafront affluent resort city of Brighton became very popular as the railroad was built from London, about 52 miles away. Prior to that, people came by horse coaches that made the trip multiple times per day with ever-increasing speed. Brighton was a city of the upper class and featured an aquarium, which opened in 1872. It included marine exhibits, a 100,000 gallon tank, sea lions, and octopus, and a distinctive clock tower and gateway.
1: Yes, this is Brighton, new and sophisticated, old and sedate. Brighton, playground of the south, but there's nothing on earth to touch Brighton's Regency Pavilion for Splendour, Wall Square.
0: It was also the site for organ recitals, concerts, lectures and exhibitions. Day trips to Brighton became popular and railroad speed records were boasted about for the route. The road to Brighton was measured from the Big Ben Clock Tower north of Westminster Bridge in London to the Aquarium in Brighton. The Big Ben Clock Tower was completed in 1859 and at the time was the largest and most accurate four-facing, striking and chiming clock in the world. London to Brighton ran across River Thames on Westminster Bridge, which was originally completed in 1750 and replaced in 1862, the oldest bridge still crossing the Thames. The original course went through the towns of Croydon, Redhill, Horley, Crawley, and Crockfield. Over the years the route competed, increased in distance somewhat, with the creation of modern roads and more towns to go through. Participants in the new sport of cycling started to ride along the route. This would soon prompt runners and walkers to also give it a try. As early as 1869, John Mayle Jr. was the first person to reach Brighton from London by Velocipede. He accomplished it in 12 hours, in time for dinner, and then he attended the second half of a concert in the Grand Hall. In 1870, T. Moon, an expert bicyclist, set the first fastest known road cycling time on the route of 5 hours 40 minutes. A few days later he accomplished a double Brighton Road, 100 miles in 15 hours. He stopped for breakfast, a lengthy lunch, and breaks for tea along the way. Traveling on the Brighton Road on foot obviously occurred for centuries. In July 1803, Captain Robertson walked from Brighton to London and back in 45 hours, more than 100 miles, and repeated the feat in November of that year. Racing on foot from London to Brighton started early, even before cycling races. The first known running race was conducted on January 30, 1837, when two professional runners, John Townsend and Jack Barry, competed. Townsend, 45, known as the veteran, one in eight hours 37 minutes barry quit with four miles to go years passed but more attention was given to pedestrian feats on the road when benjamin trench of oxford university accomplished a sub 24 hour 100 plus miler in 1868 by accomplishing a double he walked from kennington saint mark's church to brighton and back in 23 hours for a heavy wager In 1869, W. M. Chinney and H. J. Chinney, two well-known amateur runners, members of the London Athletic Club, walked London to Brighton in 11 hours, 25 minutes. It was written,
1: This feat is almost unparalleled in the recorded feats of modern amateur pedestrianism.
0: More matches took place. In 1885, C. L. O'Malley, an accomplished athlete, walked against a competitor and lowered the record by more than an hour. A barefoot competition was conducted on the Brighton Road in 1882. The furthest competitor, with bloodied feet, almost made it but fainted in pain with four miles to go. By 1897, large foot races were held from London to Brighton organized by the Polytechnic Harriers. That year there were 37 starters. The winner, E. Knott, finished in 8.56. Go as you please, walking or running races began on the course in 1899 with 14 starters at Big Ben. The winning time was 6.58. In 1902, cyclists showed off and demonstrated that they could ride the course to Brighton and back, 104 miles, in a shorter time than runners could do it in one trip. They succeeded in 5.50. The Surrey Walking Club was established in 1899. It was the first athletics club in the United Kingdom that specialized in walking. Members took part in race walking events and country strolls. The club stepped into 100 miler history on October 31, 1902, when they held the first London to Brighton and Back walking competition with a distance of about 104 miles. Instead of using the traditional starting point at Big Ben, The race started and ended at the club headquarters at the Swan and Sugarloaf, about 10 miles to the south in South Croydon. With the different starting point, the route still covered the entire London to Brighton course twice for 104 miles. A crowd of several thousand people turned out to see the historic start. It was reported...
1: One of the most important affairs in road walking contests was the London to Brighton and back race of the Surrey Walking Club. Ten hardy walkists turned out.
0: Jack Butler won with an impressive time of 21 hours 36 minutes. Two others finished in less than 24 hours. Thus a new 100 mile standard was set and more walkers in England wanted to demonstrate their abilities reaching 100 miles going from London to Brighton and back. A couple weeks after the initial race, El Novelli, a hotel owner at Brighton, wanted to prove that he could accomplish the double in less than 24 hours.
1: Accompanied by an automobile and a couple of friends, the walkers started off at a brisk pace. Nothing of note happened until the pedestrian ran into dense fog and the chauffeur had to go on in front and climb the finger post to find out the way. The state of affairs continued for three miles, when on trying to jump out of the way of a passing auto, Novelli slipped on the roadside and fell.
0: He sprained an ankle but tried to walk it off. The fog grew worse, forcing him to stop for a while. He eventually made it to Brighton, four minutes over, in 24 hours and four minutes. A historic race took place in May 1903 that truly brought London to Brighton into the public spotlight. In 1903, the London Stock Exchange had been suffering through a slow economic time with poor morale. The
1: Stock Exchange is a funny place. It's the strangest place in town. The seats cost half a million cash, but the brokers won't sit down.
0: Company executives decided that a walk would help the situation. Entry into the 52-mile race was free, but monetary awards could be won. The press gave the event intense attention. Entrants started furiously training. Some people even employed professional trainers. Members were seen striding through the countryside roads on the weekends. One reporter wrote,
1: "The refreshments, I am told, will consist chiefly of beef tea and the like. Stimulants only being employed to restore suspended animation. I am also given to understand that all the starters were to be sent off in one batch, presumably with attendants mounted on bicycles in following at the distance of one yard.
0: The race was held on May 1, 1903, May Day, a bank holiday, with 87 starters who began from Big Ben at 6.34 a.m. Most of them were young stockbroker clerks.
1: Half of London seemed to be abroad on foot or a wheel to be present at the start. At a very low estimate, there must have been 30,000 people in the immediate neighborhood of Westminster, the bridge itself being covered with them, as closely packed as they could stand. The 87 competitors went first, headed and surrounded by the necessary mounted police who had a hard struggle to protect them from the admiring throng. The nine official cars followed in a long stream, then the attacked motorists, and last of all, a confused mob of bicycles and pedestrians struggling forward in the rear.
0: Advertisers took advantage of this situation and motored through the crowd with signs such as, Why walk when you can buy a bicycle for next to nothing? Many refreshment vans also went through the crowd, The weather was good, but the road was muddy with the deluge the night before.
1: Crowds stood four to five deep along the pavement the whole way to Kennington. At first the walkers kept fairly close together, with the exception of a few unfortunates who got swallowed up in the following throng.
0: Every crossroad was alive with people all along the route. It seemed like a public festival was being held. Flags were put up across the road.
1: The remaining seven miles to the winning post became more and more of a popular ovation. Horsemen, motors and innumerable cyclists poured out of Brighton in a continual stream to meet the oncomers.
0: The finish line was located near the entrance to the Brighton Aquarium and the square was overflowing with people. A large police force tried to manage the crowd. A smart advertiser caused a false alarm as an imposter dressed in running clothes came down the road with a card pasted on his back telling the crowd where to dine. The true winner, E.F. Broad, struggled through the mob of admirers and reached the winning post in 9 hours 30 minutes. 73 finished within the 13-hour limit for the 52 miles.
1: Some of the men, especially among the later arrivals, were terribly exhausted by their long task. One or two of them absolutely collapsed and had to be carried from the ground.
0: This event truly started a walking craze on the road to Brighton and was a historic milestone event for the future of ultra-running. On November 6, 1903, the Double Brighton was again held. Establishing a long 100-mile British tradition for decades, America noticed
1: road walking still continues to hold popular attention in and around London. Events given by the Surrey Walking Club are always productive of something rare, but this one recently from London to Brighton and back revealed the most astounding bit of road tramping ever seen in England and incidentally lowered the record by a big margin. The
0: 1903 start was located again at South Croydon. The walkers started at 9.22 p.m., The leader, F.J. Wakefield, covered the courses out and back to London's Big Ben, 21 miles, in 352. Thick fog was experienced at Southern Bottom, but after a little tea at the Temperance Hotel, the walkers forged ahead. In the morning, a large crowd was gathered at the turnaround point at the Brighton Aquarium. H.W. Horton arrived first at the 100-kilometer distance in 12 hours, 8 minutes. Horton pushed on hard, well ahead of Butler's course record. With just a mile to go, Horton was struggling, but a glass of champagne revived him. He finished the 104 miles in 20 hours, 31 minutes. A total of five walkers beat 24 hours. Thomas Hammond was a London stockbroker. He was a tall, lanky walker, more than six feet tall. He broke into prominence in the sport when he placed third at the inaugural Stock Exchange London to Brighton Walk held in 1903. He continued to improve and the following year won the London to Brighton 52-mile version with a record time of 8 hours 26 minutes. Hammond joined the Surrey Walking Club and became very involved in the sport. In 1907, he progressed to being recognized as the world's best ultra-distance walker when he won London to Oxford, 55 miles, in 8 hours, 51 minutes. His walking style was described as, quote, a striking combination of ease and efficiency one could hardly imagine. After a four-year absence, London to Brighton and back was held again on June 21, 1907, with six competitors. Only members of the Surrey Walking Club were eligible for the race. Hammond was the obvious favourite going into the race. Despite not being invited, a member of the Manchester Athletic Club, A.R. Edwards, ran the race bandit with his own staff of timers and
1: Two automobiles full of edibles of all descriptions, including beef, chicken, eggs and jellies, and liquor from champagne, down to aerated waters, and there was a spirit lamp too, to boil the kettle if it was wanted.
0: The other runners only had a solitary cyclist carrying refreshments for support. The start was again at Swan and Sugarloaf at South Croydon, In the evening at 9.04 p.m., after the word go was yelled, Edwards jumped into the lead going at a great pace.
1: The course for nearly three miles was by tram lines, and the cars, automobiles, and spectators who ran in front made the going difficult for the walkers.
0: Edwards was pressed hard by Bill Brown. After a mile, Edwards' crew pleaded with him to back off, that the race was 100 miles, not one mile. But he ignored them and kept pegging away. Brown and Edwards traded the lead for the first few
1: miles. Nearing Westminster Bridge, the traffic was most congested, and when Big Ben came into sight, Brown's lead had reduced considerably. The clock tower marked 10.5 miles of the journey. As they reached the Canterbury Music Hall, Edwards dashed ahead and quickly took a big lead and seemed to draw away from his opponents at every stride.
0: At the 21-mile point, Hammond finally took the lead and never looked back. Edwards did not worry and said,
1: He'll have his bad time shortly. He's a long way from home. Lights were lighted and a few spots of rain came down. The moon was covered with a mist and it looked as if the walkers were in for a drenching. But in a short time, the weather cleared.
0: Others caught up with Edwards. After pushing forward in great pain, he finally quit after being on the road for eight hours. Hammond held to the lead at 50 miles, reaching that point in eight hours, 26 minutes.
1: Hammond put in some fine walking at this point, and although a strong wind blew against him, his time was truly remarkable. Keeping up the pace, he swung around the official timekeeper at Brighton Aquarium, 100 kilometers, in 10 hours 30 minutes. He had a 90 minute lead on the others. Hammond started on the homeward tack. The going was frightful on account of the dust kicked up by automobiles and cyclists. At every mile, Hammond increased his lead, and with victory in sight, Hammond passed the winning post wonderfully fresh and well. He got a great ovation from the crowd present.
0: Hammond finished the 100 plus miles in 18 hours 13 minutes crushing the fastest known time. He reached the 100 mile mark in 17 hours 25 minutes. It was called
1: the most remarkable walking feat of this or any other generation.
0: On September 11th, 1908, the Middlesex Walking Club 24-hour race was held with 39 walkers at the White City Stadium in London, England. Hammond again was a clear favorite. The race started at 5.10pm. Bill Brown took the early lead walking the first mile in 8.26.
1: Hammond exercised great control in the matter of keeping down his pace in the early stages of the journey.
0: Jack Butler, also an elite walker, who had held records, also contended for the lead. Finally, at around the 50k mark, Hammond took the lead with a time of 5 hours 11 minutes. From that point, he increased his lead over his opponents. He reached 50 miles in 8.36 with a mile lead and passed 100 miles in 18 hours 8 minutes. He continued on with a strong swinging gait and won with an astonishing 131 miles, which was a world's walking best, and he smashed other walking records along the way. At this race, 17 walkers achieved 100 miles in 24 hours or less. Thomas Paine was born in 1882 in South Shields, Durham, England, By 1901, at the age of 19, Tom was a professional violinist playing in the orchestra at Newcastle Theatre. He would walk 14 miles from his home in South Shields to work in order to save money. In 1906, he entered his first walking race a 24-miler and finished in second place. Payne was a small man, 5 feet 4 and only 112 pounds. He said, Nature did not bless me with either undue length of body or length of limb, nor strength out of the ordinary, yet by hard continuous training I was able to overcome and defeat opponents who were much better gifted than me as regards to build and strength. Payne competed in more races and in 1907 started to win, beating established champions such as Jack Butler. Payne competed in the 1908 24-hour race in London and finished in sixth with 108 miles, reaching 100 miles for the first time. On September 17, 1909, another highly competitive 24-hour race was held at White City Stadium in London, England, open to all clubs. The entrant field was huge, with 50 walkers who started at 5 p.m. in perfect weather. Payne competed along with the previous year's champion and world record holder Thomas Hammond. The early leaders included Jack Butler, Bill Brown, and A.R. Edwards. During the third hour, Ross, the current London to Brighton champion and record holder, put on a furious pace of more than 7 miles per hour and rapidly caught the leaders.
1: But he soon paid the penalty, for shortly after completing 25 miles, he had to give up.
0: Butler and Hammond also dropped out early, before 40 miles.
1: It was curious coincidence that all of these competitors complained of cramp in the stomach.
0: The leader Jay Isles reached 51 miles in record time, but he had quote, shot his bolt, and after the next lap retired for more than an hour. He twice tried to get going again, but it didn't work and he quit. Brown took the lead and kept going at a steady gait at 12 hours he reached 68 miles and was ahead of Hammond's 1908 record pace. But Payne had the fastest pace on the track and during the 16th hour took the lead. Payne reached 100 miles in 18 hours and 8 minutes. He eventually won the race in 127 miles. An impressive 25 walkers reached 100 miles in less than 24 hours, the most in history up to that time in a single race. Payne would later win the first two post-war London to Brighton races in 1919 and 1920. But sadly, in 1921, Payne performed a musical act where he burst through a large screen depicting the finish at London to Brighton, dressed in a singlet and short, playing his violin. The AAA ruled that he broke amateur laws and he was suspended from amateur racing for the next 10 years. Past his prime, he did do some racing in the 1930s and kept it up further until he was 77 years old. He died at the age of 84 in 1968. The Surrey Walking Clubs London to Brighton and back 100 miler expanded the popularization of reaching 100 miles within 24 hours in England. Bob Gillespie proposed that a society should be established to recognize the accomplishment. On May 11, 1911, the Brotherhood of Centurions was established to recognize amateur walkers who had completed 100 miles in 24 hours. James Edward Foster Dixon, who was present at the organization meeting, was elected president, honored for his 100-mile walk way back in 1877. He was given the centurion number of one. Each centurion received a number in order of the completion of the qualifying walk entered into the minute book. They tried to go back in history a few years and award those who had believed to have achieved the milestone in the 1900s. Many were missed who succeeded in the late 1800s and professionals were not eligible. London to Brighton and Back legend Tommy Hammond was appointed the first secretary treasurer of the organization and was club captain for nearly 36 years. The first race to qualify new members of the Centurion Club was the 1912 London to Brighton and Back held in September. A.C. St. Norman of South Africa entered. He had competed in the Olympic 10,000-meter walking race and the Olympic Marathon at the 1912 Olympic Games. There were only five walkers who started the 1912 Brighton double race. Three of them successfully qualified for the Centurions.
1: St. Norman showed the fine judgment and he is evidently suited by a long journey on the road. After allowing the leaders to force the pace, he came up at the 38th mile to the lead.
0: At the 100-kilometer turnaround in Brighton, he had a 23-minute lead. He went on to win by more than an hour over the others with a time of 21 hours 18 minutes and was the first new member of the Centurions since it had been established. The London to Brighton and back was not staged post-World War I until 1921.
1: Races over the double journey are not so frequent.
0: But there was plenty of interest by the public in its return. Veteran Tommy Payne took the lead until the 100-kilometer mark at the turnaround at Brighton. The heat crushed him, and he dropped out. E.C. Horton took the lead at that point and went on to win in 19 hours, 50 minutes. There were only two other finishers. Nine had dropped out along the way because of the intense heat. W. Baker was an engineer who worked nights and had very recently taken up walking. He had had an accident while cycling, and after recovering from a broken leg, decided to instead take up walking. In 1926, Baker won London to Brighton and back in 18 hours, 5 minutes, setting a new course record, breaking Hammond's record that stood for nearly 20 years. Baker reached 100 miles in 1727. For the 1929 edition, 25 walkers started. Baker went out fast and had the early lead at Big Ben, 10 miles. He held on to that lead and won again with a time of 18 hours 38 minutes, the third fastest time ever. 14 others reached 100 miles in under 24 hours and qualified as centurions. London to Brighton and back was held again a few more times in the next decades and held for the last time in 1959. A majority of the early British Centurions became members by virtue of completing this event. By 1930, there were 89 British Centurions and there were 302 by 1959. Yes, reaching 100 miles in less than 24 hours was alive and active during the first half of the 20th century, a historical fact that has been largely ignored or lost by the modern ultra-runner. For those keeping count, there were likely at least 500 individuals who had accomplished 100 miles in less than 24 hours by the time the Great Depression arrived. In 1951, the London to Brighton Running Race was established by the Road Runners Club, RRC. By 1953, the race got attention of leading long-distance runners from other areas of the world, including America. Ultra running would largely be re-established in America after World War II because long-distance runners, including Ted Corbett, wanted to run London to Brighton. The London to Brighton race, including its 100-mile version, has a hallowed place in ultra running history it was discontinued in 2005 because of increased road traffic and difficulties finding enough volunteers 100
1: miles, 100 miles. Listen.
0: tuned for the continuing 100 miler history with that this is davy crockett and this is the ultra running history podcast i hope you run fast and far enjoy life get outdoors and most of all stay safe and don't take unnecessary chances